our heart, you know, is not just finances, but it's also what can we do today to fulfill our purpose, find meaning, serve mm-hmm. other people. Leo, you and I, we love to help other people yeah. find meaning in their life and, and find ways to have a more fulfilling life. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and on this episode, we're going to talk about having a rich and meaningful life. We all want to be happy, healthy, and live a good life, but too many people are not planning for or doing anything to achieve that life. Instead, many people unknowingly embrace a way of life that looks like the good life, but the life that they choose is a counterfeit, not the good life that they hope for. So David, as we embrace this topic and talk about this, we know that it's kind of a lofty thing we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, who are we to talk about rich and meaningful lives? <laughs> well, here's the thing. We're just like you guys. We're human beings who are constantly pursuing to live a good and happy and fulfilling life. And we talk about this topic because it's so deeply connected to what we do every day, the way we spend our money, the careers we choose. So today we want to talk about that because we have a lot of things happening in our world that creates a lot of dissentment. Uh, There's a lot of talk and a lot of negativity, and we can get lost in that. We Mm -hmm. can get lost in the politics. We can get lost in the the meaning of life, and uh, we see so many things that are fighting against happiness and fulfillment. Uh, right. There's so many things to be angry about today. Oh, yeah. And we want to kind of bring things back to what does it mean to have a rich and meaningful life? Is it about the money? Is it about the career? Is it about the relationship? Well, we're going to dive into that and talk about it because I think it's such a crucial, important thing to keep our focus on. Yeah. When we talk about being free to pursue your true life's purpose, and this is really, it's a financial podcast, and we just, we're kind of still in the middle of this series on economics and mm-hmm. understanding how the bigger economy works, but also personal behavior and yeah. how our lives work and what our purpose is and how we interact with others to have a meaningful and fulfilling life. And so our heart, you know, is not just finances, but it's also what can we do today to fulfill our purpose, find meaning, serve mm-hmm. other people. Leo, you and I, we love to help other people yeah. find meaning in their life and and find ways to have a more fulfilling life. So I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited about the things that we're going to get to share and uh, hopefully some of our personal illustrations and stories and mm-hmm. the things that um, the principles that we're going to share are going to be really helpful today. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk with just some foundational principles for life. Uh, as you think about life, I think the number one thing that, that I've learned, especially recently, that's really began to really sink in for me is that life's not easy. <laughs> um, and I know that's not a positive thing to say, but here's the, here's the beauty of understanding this concept is that life's not easy. It's not a bad thing. It, the, the fact that life's not easy means that it's worthwhile to push forward and make life work. Yeah. It's not going to come easy. In fact, we as human beings, when we have things easy, uh, we tend to actually do less work, mm-hmm. be less fulfilled, and actually have more depression and be less um, optimistic about life. So when we have a challenge, right, we rise up to that challenge. And in that, there's a lot of meaning. So knowing that life's not easy 
is a good thing to remember because when you're hit with adversity, you're not going to be knocked down. You're going to overcome that adversity and you'll have a better life as a result. Yeah, this just changes your expectations. Mm. Because if your expectation is that you just show up and then you do a little bit of work or you, you kind of go through education, you go through your relationships and you just show up yeah. and you think it's going to be easy and there's not going to be problems, you're going to be disappointed. You're mm-hmm. going to run into frustration. You think you're going to get married and it's going to be perfect forever. No, you've got to anticipate and expect. I'm going to have to work on this. That's right. I'm going to have to learn new skills. I'm going to have to learn how to communicate. I'm, we're going to have to learn together some new things from outside sources that can pour into us as a, as a couple. And, and this is for your job. This is for your marriage. This is for your friendships. Life isn't easy, but it's worth it. Yes. And when you find fulfillment and happiness, it can feel a lot easier mm-hmm. and it can be a lot more fun. Uh, but you have to set that expectation that it, it requires. I mean, you think about even the first, I don't know, 18 years of our lives. It's all education based here in the U.S. Yes. You know, starting all the way from from being a baby, but then into five years old when you're starting kindergarten. It's all education, learning, learning, learning. That's you're investing work. Work, work, yep. work, yep. work. And you're so being that you pushed can go all the time. You're being pushed. Somebody's guiding you. Yep. So life isn't easy. You can't have the expectation that it's just going to be handed to you. You have to have the expectation that I'm going to have to go, chase, earn, uh, fight. Not in a mean way, but like go out and fight and chase and yep. get this thing. Pull it to the ground. So uh, the next foundational principle is that you were created to work. Mm-hmm. A major part of life that brings value and meaning to your life is work. That's right. Uh, And that doesn't necessarily mean just a job. Uh, There are people who work raising children, uh, male and female. There are people who are in the home working every day, taking care of the home. There are people working every day in careers. There are people working every day in their passions. Uh, Work is a part of how we are fulfilled. It's a part of our identity. It shouldn't be our whole identity, Mm -hmm. but we will find some of our purpose and some of our meaning. And, And work... We're talking about how the economy is a tra- is a is a big economy of transactions. Mm-hmm. Transactions is one person has worked and mm-hmm. another person has worked, and then they come together in community and relationship and make an exchange. They yes. trade value. They say, "Hey, I, this is what I produce with my work. What did you produce with your work? Can we share? Can we yeah. not just share, but can we trade? Can we exchange? Can we make a transaction?" There's relational meaning there. But there's also meaning and purpose in the work that was done before the transaction it. to achieve yeah, it. Yeah. So I, I don't the work the word work has a lot of connotations. Uh, even when you're in school studying, mm-hmm. that's work. Yeah. And you can find meaning in your education, in your learning, and in your growth. So yeah, um, that's really good. You were created to work. <laughs> yep. Yep. Achievement. This is the next one. Achievement is a trophy you get for your work. Now here's what I mean. When you work you are going toward a certain goal you want to achieve. Maybe it's a career goal. Maybe it's some other financial goal. When you achieve it, that's the trophy. You've gotten there. But meaning and fulfillment comes from the work itself, not from the trophy, not from Mm -hmm. the achievement. Now, we should always strive. We should always be looking for uh, ways to achieve greater and better things. But we cannot focus just on the achievement and miss the fact that the actual work is what gives us the meaning and the fulfillment. So the achievement is great because it says, hey, good job, everything you've done, here's the trophy, but we cannot lose sight that the meaning and fulfillment comes from the work itself. Think of an athlete. An athlete gets a trophy when they achieve their goal. Maybe it's an Olympic athlete that gets the, the goal from you know, 14, 15 years of work, 
but realize that the work they've done, if they didn't love doing it, if they didn't pursue it because they enjoyed it, and they just did it begrudgingly just to get that trophy, right. that trophy won't mean very much. No. It'll be empty. <laughs> and five minutes after they got it, they'll be like, I just wasted 14 years of my life. Right. So it's not the achievement that's most important. It's the work itself. And we need to find fulfillment in that. Because yeah. if we miss that, then we live always looking to the future and missing today. Yeah. And that would be a tragedy, in my opinion. And the achievement, like you said, it's a trophy. Um, it's a mile marker. It's a it's a place where you can say all that work that I did. Um, uh, like you can you can take a step back and look at it and have the memory and remember. But the memory that you're going to have is the work that you put in right. to get to that mile marker. Just standing on the stage holding the trophy, um, you'll remember that moment. But what'll be more fulfilling is the relationships that you developed as you were working and building towards that moment. Mm -hmm. uh, this happens in professional athletics. This happens in workplaces. This happens in families. There are milestone moments where, where a child graduates kindergarten or mm -hmm. where a child graduates high school. That's, a, that's an achievement. But the parents aren't only going to keep that picture of the high school graduation and think of their child in that moment. They're going to think of all of the things that happened in the 18 years of growth and the relationships that were forged and the things that they learned together and did together. So yeah, I've achieved, uh, I mean, everyone who's listening has achieved a number of different, um, has hit different levels of achievement in their yes. career, uh, in their, in their goals. And those are fun moments, but they're just moments. Mm -hmm. The value and the meaning comes from the, the finding the life and the joy and the excitement in the work that we're doing day to day. Yeah, what I love about that is that it's actually the one way to look at it is that it's the recognition, the external recognition yeah. of all the work you've put in. So it's great to be you know, rewarded for that in the moment to say, hey, job well done, here's your reward. But the work itself right? You didn't do it because you wanted a trophy only. You mm -hmm. did it because you enjoyed doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's such an important uh, thing to understand and a value to hang on to because it is a getting up every day and doing the job and being part of it. I think that's so exciting, especially when you're working in your passion. That's right. Well, the fourth principle is that a happy and fulfilled life must be built on and filled with mm -hmm. relationships. That's right. Uh, think about what you do for your family. I mean, the work, like when I go to work, um, I'm not just thinking about my work and myself. I'm thinking about my family, how I'm taking care of, providing, how I'm serving, how yep. me going to work is bringing in an income to help take care and grow and produce more health for the future of my family. Um, and I'm not just there to provide a lifestyle. Uh, this is this is much bigger than that. Yeah. Uh, and, and so not only your family, but also think about the relationships, the friendships, and then the things that you do for others. And this is probably what I think is the most fulfilling thing to me about my work is that I know I'm serving people well and I'm helping people every day in my work. Mm -hmm. That what I produce, that what I create, that the way that I manage and lead, that I'm helping other people to have a better life. Yes. And that is so fulfilling for me. And that was, I did that uh, now, maybe I didn't think about it from such a meta perspective, like higher level looking down. But like when I served snow cones for $5.25 an hour in high school, like I got to give somebody, now it was a cup of sugar and ice, but that made their day happier. Yep. People love to go to the snow cone stand. That when I served concessions at the dollar movie theater, people were so happy to pay 50 cents or a dollar for a ticket 
and then pay $7 for popcorn. They were just happy. They're like, wow, yeah, I'm happy to pay seven bucks for this popcorn when I only paid a dollar for it. But I was the one that got to hand them that popcorn. Mm -hmm. I was the one that got to serve them that drink. Today, uh, I work in ministry, helping people go through some of the toughest times in their life, but also celebrate and highlight some of the best times in their life. Um, I get to be a part of these really cool moments, but every day I'm serving other people. And so that is incredibly fulfilling. No matter what job you're in, you can change your perspective to think through the relationships that you've built and the people that you're serving. Mm -hmm. Jim Rowan used to say it this way. He said, don't miss anything when it comes to relationships. And what he meant is, you know, make sure you're doing your job, that you're achieving these goals and that you're being productive and that you're fulfilled in that. But don't miss the most important things, which is the people in your life. And you said, David, that you don't want to just work to provide a lifestyle. Some men, unfortunately, make this mistake of they pursue this this uh, career path that they need to succeed. But in the end, they sacrifice every moment with their family, with their kids. And and I'm guilty of that. Early in my career, I did that. I worked way too much and I wasn't there as our girls were growing up. But fortunately, they weren't too old before I woke up and I said, okay, I need to be home every day and I can't work four jobs in order to give us the lifestyle that, that we want. And I think that's really important to understand. No matter how much you pursue uh, career and, and being fulfilled in your passion and goals, you will regret not having those relationships as a priority. So mm-hmm. we're telling you that to have a happy and fulfilled life, you must make relationships as a priority because that's most important and you'll find that. That's good. Well, let me ask you a question. So we're talking about work and this is just to you, the listener. How did you end up in your job? Mm. Because we're talking about how a lot of our fulfillment and um, productivity and creativity and the things that we do in life comes through our work. Yeah. Well, how did you end up in your work? How did you get there? Did it just happen? Um, would, you know, did an opportunity come up and you just kind of said yes? Uh, you know, when I worked at the Dollar Movie Theater, I was at the Dollar Movie Theater and I helped you know with a broom to clean up some popcorn somebody had spilled, and the manager came over to me and said, "Hey." You want a job? <laughs> and I <laughs> opportunity. said, yes, <laughs> so it was an opportunity. Like I, I wasn't looking for a job at, you know, 16 at the dollar movie theater, but it was an opportunity. And I said, yes, that's how I ended up there. How did you end up in your job? Mm. You know, what, what got you there? Was it intentional? Was it a well laid out plan? Was it you pursuing a passion or was it just, eh, you know, yep. here I am. Yep. Uh, it, was it something that your parents wanted for you? They directed your life. Is your work based on somebody else's dream for you? Mm. Um, maybe your parents wanted you to be a doctor or a lawyer uh, or a school teacher or, you know, fill in the blank. What, maybe your parents wanted you to be in ministry. I mean, like, you know, I, I work in ministry. I know a lot of people whose parents pushed them to serve people through the church. Right. Whether that was their actual original vision and goal for their life or not, the parents were pushing that. So yeah. you have to be aware. Um this is something that I, I have always had in the forefront of my mind when I chose a job. Did you choose this job and this work just because it paid well? Mm. Like, was it only for the money? Uh, or was the money 80% of the reason or 50% of the reason? I mean, honestly, coming out of college, money was a very, very, very high percentage of the reason for my first job. Yeah. Because, uh, A, I was finding my value and identity in the money, which wasn't healthy. Um, but B, I was operating out of a place of fear. I was like, oh, I'm a grown-up now. I have to make good money. Right. And I knew because of a basic financial understanding how expensive life is. We said life isn't easy, 
Life isn't cheap either, Leo. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, not. not the life that I grew up in. I grew up in a middle-class American lifestyle, mm-hmm. and you have to earn really, I mean, at least $50,000 a year, but ideally $70,000 a year to live the middle-class American lifestyle today. Yeah. And uh, that's not easy. That's not cheap. I mean, that's, you know, that's too... Um, that's, that's typically two jobs for most families. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, did you end up in your job just cause you were pursuing money? And I'll tell you, my motivations were unhealthy originally. And, and the cool thing is, um, it ended up being okay. It ended up working out. I ended up in a good job and I ended up shifting careers and getting to where I needed to be long-term. But, but where are you today? You know, is it time for a shift for you or what is the driving focus? Yeah, because if you chose something that was either money motivated or somebody else motivated you to go there or it was just an opportunity you said yes to, maybe you lacked the foresight or the maybe even the, the, the maturity back then to choose it because it was interesting to you and you were passionate about mm-hmm. it. But ultimately, wherever you are, if you chose those three that David talked about and there's not a passion or an interest or a desire and if you get up every day and you're like, ugh, you know, I love the money, but ugh, I, you know, I'm bored or I'm not challenged enough or I could go do this at 15 different companies. If it's not something that you're passionate about, something that really excites you every day, then maybe it's time for a shift. Mm-hmm. Remember, work without passion and purpose is meaningless and it's not fully satisfying and fulfilling to you. And we don't want you to live that kind of life because even if you're good at it, I think you're not doing yourself a favor. That's right. Because so much of your life, the, the purpose and meaning you have in life is in how you work. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of our life. It's at least a third of it. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we operate in our passions and, our, and the things that we're interested in good at. Yeah, and when we say maybe it's time for a change, that doesn't mean that you quit your job today and walk away from your responsibilities. Right. That means maybe it's time to change your way of thinking mm-hmm. and the new skills that you need to add to your life and the new education that you need to add. What are the changes that you need to make today to begin to move towards something that will be more fulfilling? Yeah. Uh, because, it, you know, when I when I was earning $5.25 an hour, it, that's all I was worth. And so if I were like, oh, I'm just going to quit because I want a job that has more meaning than selling concessions. Um, no, like, I, you know, I couldn't have actually done that because nobody would pay me to do anything but sell concessions at that point in time. I mean, unless I was entrepreneurial and wanted to build my own business. Right. There's not any company that was looking to hire 16-year-old David Thompson to do anything but menial tasks for them. And that's okay, because (laughs) that's what I was skilled at. And not even skilled at, but I had the ability to do. My human capital (laughs) provided $5 worth of value, and hopefully maybe $15 worth of value an hour to the company. But I got $5 of that value I was bringing. And so, um, so... you also have to be aware where you are today. And we say that maybe you should be thinking about a change. You have to think about the gap between where you are today and where you'd like to be and mm-hmm. what it's going to take to fill in that gap. Yeah. And there's traditionally two paths when it comes to our work that we can take one as an employee and the other one you mentioned, David, which is as an entrepreneur. Now, here's the beauty of this. Both have tremendous value. Absolutely. And some are called to one, some are called to the other. There's not one better than the other. Some people will argue that one is better than the other. I disagree. I think they both have tremendous value. So you may have started as an employee, but maybe something's happened in your life over the last few years. Maybe you read a book. Maybe you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and you thought, hey, I want to take more control of my life. Mm -hmm. And maybe entrepreneurship is the way to that. I don't know. Whatever your motivation is. If you're being drawn to be an entrepreneur, then let's talk about the right reasons and the wrong reasons to pursue that path. First, 
the right reasons. Do you want to be in control? Are you willing to do the work uh, that's necessary to succeed? Because being an entrepreneur is not what you think it is. It's tremendously hard work. Everything depends on you. You have to learn skills that you don't possess right now. So it's going to be a lot harder. Another right reason might be that the only opportunity to make a difference for you is to do it your own way, right? You see something that's broken, something you want to fix in the world or make the world better in some way. And in your job or in a job that you can take, you just don't have the ability to do that. So you have to do it on your own. You have to create it yourself. That's another good reason. Another good reason is it's important and meaningful to you, not just financially beneficial, right? If you're driven financially, just as David said about the previous when he talked about the features, this just because of the money and you don't have meaning, mm -hmm. well, the same applies to entrepreneurship. If you're just doing it for the money, you realize that the hard work, the sleepless nights and everything comes along with building a business successfully, you're going to get tired of that and you're going to say, it's not worth it. Right. So don't do it for the money, do it because there's meaning and purpose in it. Yeah. It, it's amazing to watch somebody who really cares about the work they're doing mm -hmm. and how much more they invest the time, energy, their own emotion. And yeah. like, it's just fun. It's like, okay, this person cares. I want to do business with that person. Mm -hmm. I want to work with them. Uh, you can see the difference. And we talked about one of the right reasons is that you want to, you want to be in control, you know, of your future, of, of your work, of your impact. But I would say, you know, another way to even say it is you have the ability to be in control. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't have the ability to be a self-starter and go-getter and pursue things, then you're going to run into trouble. Sure. So let's talk about some of the wrong reasons. Um, you know, if you're just thinking, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur and start my own business because I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. <laughs> that's the wrong reason. Yeah, it is. Uh, because when you're out serving other people and building and creating, you're going to be listening to other people and you're going to be the chief doer of, of helping serve other people and being told what to do in some ways. Right. Uh, being told by the industry, being told by the market, being told by your customers. So don't do it for that reason. Um, don't do it for the reason of, hey, I want to work half the hours and make twice the money. Uh, that sounds great on paper and as a sales line for a book promising to make you rich being an entrepreneur. But it is very, you know, so many. There's such a high risk of a business not succeeding that you have to be fully aware of what you're getting into. You have to be excited and passionate about the industry. And you have to be looking for ways to serve people. You can't say financial incentive is the only way. Oh, I want to work less and make more. Okay, that's not going to get you there. No, no. And I, I'm reminded of a book that was written by Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Workweek. And I think all of us have this romanticized the idea of going in business for ourselves and getting to a place where literally we're managing everything, almost like a hands-off type of managing of a business. And it's just producing this passive income. And I'm not saying that's not possible down the road, but right. realize again, going back to the meaning of life is not to have all the resources you want and to achieve your goal, but to actually continue to pursue goals. And it's the work that's gonna give you purpose. So even if you were to achieve that success, you're going to be bored out of your mind 10 minutes after you're done and you're going to want to do something else. So if you look at uh, true entrepreneurs are constantly building, you know, they'll build something, sell it and start something else. It's not that they're looking for punishment hmm. or they just want to have a difficult life. It's because there's meaning in their work mm -hmm. and they're making a difference and producing things. And so it's important to understand that the wrong reasons to go into entrepreneurship are probably going to leave you depressed because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of work involved and you're not going to work half the hours and get twice the pay. 
for a long time. And That's even right. then, it's really not the goal. The goal is to have a meaningful, purposeful career and and something that you're working at, the work you're doing, rather than just the money or, or the, the freedom to say, I'm my own boss and nobody can tell me what to do. That's, That's just the wrong motives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Leo, you told me about a phrase that you heard the other day. It was to work a full-time job, like work your full-time job, but work part-time on your passion. Yep. I thought that was interesting. You know, uh, you should be working full time on your job. You should be giving your job your full full hours, like what you usually do, eight to five. You should be focused and energetic and serving your company well if you're working for a company. Mm-hmm. But part time, you should be working on your passion. Yeah, I have this theory. I believe that as people are drawn into doing something different, so let's say you're in your job. This has happened to me several times as I've had several career changes. And every time I was about to shift from one career to the next, there was this lull. There was this like yeah. pause. Like I had gotten really good at my job. I could do it with my eyes closed. It didn't take as much effort. It didn't take a lot of brain power to do it. I could just come in and do it and produce what the company was hiring me to do. But at the same time, I felt like I had all this extra time because now I'm so efficient at my job that I had this extra time. Mm-hmm. So whether it was I get my job done and I have all this time at home, four or five, six hours every day and mm-hmm. my weekends, or I actually have time at work because I've done my job and there's nothing else to do for the day. And that happened to me where I would have this lull. And it was a, at first I thought, well, I feel like I'm not being productive and I'm not honoring my employer, but I was doing everything my employer was asking. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, hey, this is an opportunity for me to grow in something. And that's usually when something would come up, some kind of passion would rise up. And then I was like, I'm interested in this. So I started studying that and I would use the extra time I had to build and to grow in that experience and in that knowledge. And that prepared me for the shift. And then, but I didn't know it, honestly. So I believe that happens to a lot of us. If you're bored in your job, if you can do it with your eyes closed and you have this extra capacity of time, mm-hmm. look around. What are you passionate about? What problem do you want to solve? That may be your entry into the next thing. So maybe you spend 10, 15 hours on your passion and still do your 40 hour job. Yeah. That's the idea here. Work full time on your job, work part time on your passion. And eventually you might find that your passion will be your full-time job. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll produce way more income than what your full 40 hours a week is doing right now. If that's the case, then obviously you make that shift. If not, it could just be a hobby. It could mm-hmm. be something that you're doing that yep. you're really enjoying while still having a job that you draw value from. Yeah. So that's where you have to determine for yourself, is this job boring and meaningless to me or is it meaningful, but I could do more. And then you could go beyond just your job and increase your passion to do something else as well. That's right. Uh, We live in an economy that rewards hard work. Uh, We've been talking about productivity growth as one of the most important key factors of our whole economy, GDP, and slowly, year over year, the economy growing 2%. 3%, whatever the number ends up being. Um, that's the macro economy. That's the whole country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could even take that out to the whole world. How is the world growing in productivity? But your pro- personal productivity is the number one determiner of your success. Mm-hmm. It is the factor that will change how successful you are financially, how fulfilled you are. Uh, and that productivity, it stems from education, It stems from your natural talents, what's naturally already inside of you, Uh, the learned skills that you pick up along the way, and learning how to use new tools. Uh, I'll tell you, Leo, 
I worked full time for five years out of college at a really cool, really good company that I enjoyed working for. And I gave them 100% of my focus and energy when I was at work. Mm -hmm. Because I gave them 100% of my focus and energy while I was at work, and I came in a little early, I might stay a little late, and I was productive. I did well in that career and in that job. Sure. And, and it, was, it was good. But I'll tell you this, 10 to 15 hours a week, I was reading books on finances, mm -hmm. on stewardship, on uh, biblical understanding of how to manage. I was serving in the church. Uh, I was finding ways to help other people. I was shadowing pastors. I was learning a skill that I was passionate about. And mm -hmm. after five years of serving my company really well, I learned skills there too. I learned management. I learned time management. I learned how to calendar. I learned Outlook at Excel and PowerPoint and customer relations, all sorts of you know basic job skills. Yep. Well, I was then able to transfer those basic job skills plus all the excess learning I had done and my passion into a full-time career in ministry, serving people at the church where I was really fulfilled. And so I was working full-time in my job and 100% focused while also dedicating time to my passion. And eventually I moved over to my passion. Yeah. And, I, and at that point, I considered myself to be retired. I was like, hey, I'm doing the thing that I love to do every single day. I still work hard. I mean, I work really hard some days and some weeks. Because that. when you're serving people in ministry, like you have an extra oomph to go above and beyond because you want to help people. Um, so I work hard, but I find meaning and fulfillment in that work. And I consider it like this is what I would be doing if I didn't have to work. If yeah. I didn't need an income, I would be here serving anyway. Um, and so just the fact that I get to serve on staff full time and earn an income from it is just, it's a, it, to me, it's a miracle. So I was like, I can't believe I get to do this. <laughs> yeah, David, I think having unique skills outside of your current job and career field is really useful because you never really know what's going to happen. I love your journey. I've had a similar journey. I was part of that journey because you were you were volunteering yeah, in a ministry that I, was, yeah, that I was overseeing <laughs> at the time. So it was fun to see that passion grow in you and, and your devotion to it. So I, I would say you're like the poster child for that. You were very devoted to your job. You were getting accolades in that job, while at the same time, this passion was being developed in you. And I remember you and I having a conversation about you potentially going to another company and starting, uh, helping them to start in mm -hmm. the area something similar that you were doing with the current company you were at. And you were kind of like, what do I do? I got this opportunity, what do I do? And I, I remember I only had one comment for you. What are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. How do you see yourself five years from now? And you said, I see myself as a stewardship pastor. Mm -hmm. And I said, then you got to trust that God's going to open the door when the right time comes, that that opportunity will come your way mm -hmm. as long as you stay faithful. And it happened like within a year or so. So what's really cool about that, though, is you didn't rest. You worked and you positioned yourself and increased that, that skill and ability and eventually became both personally rewarding and financially rewarding because you were compensated for being able to do something that you love doing. So you'll never really regret developing additional skills to fall back on or to pursue, carve a different path for yourself. So that's why it's so important to consider that. Develop a strategy to pursue your passion. Work 40 hours on your job while you're working part-time on your passion and engage in, you know, with the entrepreneurial endeavor if that's something that you're being drawn to something that you want to know. Learn everything you can about it. That's what's so important. I hope you got that from this conversation, that David pursued this thing about finances, personal finances and biblical uh, teaching on finances with Gusto. I mean, he spent a lot of time. I would say it's probably more than 15 hours. Between hmm. your studying and mm -hmm. teaching and everything you were doing, you were more than 15 hours a week. But that's because you saw this as a potential for you. 
And even if you would have never had the opportunity, you were fulfilled in it. You know, it wasn't like I'm doing this so I can get there. No, you right. did it because you loved it. Yeah. And then eventually you had the opportunity to do it more. And I think that's something that we should really understand. Having a rich and meaningful life, it's not going to happen by chance. It requires a plan and it requires for us to do hard work. That's right. Well, I hope that this episode has been meaningful for you. I hope that it's inspired you to pick up some new skills, to, to further invest in your education in the areas that you love. I would say find a mentor. Uh, you know, over 10 years ago, I found Leo as a mentor in the industry that I loved and wanted to serve. And I started following him around and he let me follow him around. And I was able to pick up a few tasks off of him. So he didn't have to do those. And I got to learn while I got to pick those up. So who, who can you shadow? Who can you volunteer for? Who can you, uh, you know, Leo was telling me earlier today about a friend whose son is in an apprenticeship, mm-hmm. you know, and is, and is apprenticing with somebody one day a week, two days a week. I don't know what the time frame was, but it's like, who are you apprenticing with for fun? Who are <laughs> you, who are you learning from? And it could be related to your career and your job, but I think there's also a strong chance it might be outside of your career and job and that's okay. Having a diversity of skills will help you because I mean, just things change in the economy. Yeah. Things change in companies. The, com- the the church that I work for, things change constantly because we are growing at a fast pace. Mm-hmm. And so we are always mm-hmm. learning, changing, developing new things. You need to be ready for change. So what are you developing and learning to do that? So I hope it's encouraging. I hope you'll share this episode with a friend and even this whole series um, on economics and then personal behavior and how all of these things are connected. And Leo, if people want to spend more time with you, where do they go? Yeah, they can come to leosabo.com. This is where you're going to find the show notes for this episode, other podcasts, of course, that we've been recording for quite a while, financial tools, other relevant content. Uh, you can find it all there and you can find me there. If you want to connect with me, you can find me either on that website, connect with me that way or on social media. If you just Google me or, or search for me, Leo Sabo, you'll find me. And if I can help you in any way, uh, please let me know. Uh, it would be my honor and pleasure to, to serve you and help you to get better. That's great. If you want to hang out with me, come over to stewardshippastors.com, stewardshippastors.com, and check out the book, Jesus on Money. You can Google David Thompson, Jesus on Money, or Jesus on Money book, David Thompson, and it'll come up. Um, Come hang out with me. Come spend time. We'd love to get to know you more. And overall, we're just so grateful that we get to serve you with this content. Mm -hmm. And we look forward to having you join us next time. So together, we we can can keep keep getting getting money money right. So you'll never really regret developing additional skills to fall back on or to pursue, carve a different path for yourself. So that's why it's so important to consider that. Develop a strategy to pursue your passion. Work 40 hours on your job while you're working part-time on your passion.